Welcome to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. This is a podcast where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl power, and girl talk. Today, I'm talking to media personality, Tammy Mack, about white allies and black receipts. Plus, we'll talk about how to get rid of baggage and believe in yourself. We'll get into it after this. are two of the most powerful words and what you say after shapes your reality. Today's I am affirmation is I am teachable. Now repeat it to yourself. I am teachable. Now with the current state of the nation and the world, we have had to learn so many lessons these past few months, I'm sure. Uh, You being alone or you connecting with people or disconnecting with people and really teaching yourself different ways to survive and live in this current climate, right? It could go as simple as for ladies, oh, teaching ourselves how to do our nails and our hair, or it can go deeper to talk about the racism and police brutality that has been happening for the past few weeks or that's been noticeable the past few weeks, but has been going on forever, We can teach ourselves by having tough conversations with people and by watching different documentaries and stories about other people's history. And we can teach ourselves by picking up a book and reading. This is actually a great time to be teachable and be open and be willing to really learn. Be willing to set your current views to the side and really listen to someone else's experiences. And just because you haven't gone through it doesn't mean the next person hasn't gone through it. All right, there's a lot happening right now. There's a lot for you to get to know for yourself, for you to to help you navigate the new state of the, the country. Be teachable. Even if you're working from home right now, you had to be teachable and learn, okay, well, Uh, I have to do work from or I have to hold my meetings now on Zoom or I have to teach my kids how to do their schoolwork. We can all look at this as a moment to really slow down, reflect and be teachable, really learn about so many things that will make our day to day better, really learn how do I treat other people in the world? Am I really loving and compassionate and or do I do I hold some some prejudices or you know am I a racist or how can I have a little more empathy for people who don't look like me be teachable all right we have so many ways to be teachable we have so many ways that we can learn a lot about ourselves and our and other people right now we have a lot to learn about our country other than your regular school textbooks So open your eyes right now. Open your eyes, open your ears. Most importantly, open your heart to really understand someone else and the plight of black Americans, the plight of the LGBTQ community, 
the plight of women, maybe you need to learn more about your spirituality. I've been getting closer in, in reading my Bible more these past few months and in, in journaling and writing more to learn more about me. How can you learn to be a better individual to make this whole society a better place to be? How? All right, be teachable. Be understanding. Have empathy. Have love and compassion. Be respectful. Be honest. Be true. Be yourself. Okay? I'm excited about today's episode because first off, I I did it a little differently. I'm putting the audio on this podcast, but I actually filmed my first video interview. So if you want to watch it, it is on my youtube.com slash Miss A Caprice, C-A-P-R-I-C-E, or on the website, ashleycaprice.com. If you'd rather just hear the audio, that's totally fine. Stick around. we got media personality Tammy Mack coming in for Girl Talk on the Go Girl Podcast. I'm super, super excited to have host of the Tammy Mack Show on 102.3 KJLH. She's also TV host on Fox Soul and an award-winning actress. Tammy Mack, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on Go Girl. Woo-hoo, and Go Girl, because you are being so vocal right now, and I love it, especially as a Black woman in media. We need to hear your voice right now. I hear you on 102.3 KJLH. I see your Instagram post, and you are, <laughs> and you are being real right now, and that's what we need. First off, how are you doing? With everything that's going on in the world, how are you doing? It's been challenging for me. It's been quite challenging because it's a lot to um, process and to have to report on it every day. Um, And then report non-biasly. You know, as a journalist, you have to give the facts minus your opinion. Unfortunately, we live in a world now where we're bombarded with people's opinion and their analysts of situations that no one has ever experienced to even have knowledge of where it's going or why it's here. So, um, so for me, the facts matter. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I'm trying to live in this world of facts where we actually have a world that's full of fiction today. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't like Donald Trump, but he gets it right when he says fake news because news is not opinionated. News is completely and purely factual. And I think that we need more of those journalists back so that we can figure out things on our own as opposed to listening to the talking heads that that chatter. Well, there are a lot of people who are blogging now and sharing their opinion or, you know, social media is around now. So people are sharing more of their views. And that actually gives you an outlet though, right? Your social media platform, because some of the things you say on your show, I'm not sure if you can, um, or some of the things you say on social media, are you able to say it on your show? I've been encouraged to say it on my show. The truth of the matter is I never have, Mm -hmm. but I have been encouraged to say it on my show. So I think when you see my show starting Friday Mm -hmm. uh, or starting within a week or so, you will see a drastic change in what it was to what it will become. Uh, It will be more about me speaking and having a voice for the people. 
And I pride myself on that for those who believe that I have a voice that can speak for the meek of the earth. Yeah. It's important because you are the number one show in LA for (laughs) African-Americans. So I believe your voice, especially right now with what's happening with racism and police brutality, people need to hear the truth. So I really admired and liked that you had a day where you just stopped the music. And when we think about that in media, you know, we think, oh my gosh, the, the, the money, what's going to happen with the money and everything. But you were like, we're going to stop where you and whoever else is in charge, stop the music and let the voices be heard of the people in the streets. And why did you do that? And, and what was the response like? Well, I honestly believe that things are hitting us so hard Mm -hmm. um, and people want to talk and they want to vent and they want to express themselves, but there's nowhere to go outside the beauty shop and the barbershop. And guess what? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So you can't even go to the beauty shop and the barbershop right Mm -hmm. now and and, and have barbershop talk or beauty shop talk. So there's really literally nowhere for people to express themselves on a platform. And KJLH, which has been in Los Angeles for over 50 years now, has been the voice and the platform for African-Americans to speak. And with Stevie Wonder creating it and designing it to be radio free, that's the part that allowed me to say, I don't want to do music today. I want to hear from my people. I want my people to talk. I want them to be able to get this off their chest and bring a couple of other people in who are familiar with police brutality and police activity, which that was the mayor of um, Inglewood, who was once the police chief, and um, Brian, attorney Brian Dunn, who is at the Cochran firm and was mentored under Johnny Cochran, who knows a thing or two about uh, being a civil rights attorney. And, and so I wanted to bring those types of people in so that they can kind of balance out the hatred and the madness and the anger that we feel with some yeah. sort of truth and facts, um, as much as we maybe don't like the truth and facts when, when we're hit with them, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's a good thing to always have that balance out. And how was the audience for your show that day? I'm pretty sure people were angry. I'm pretty sure people were like, just fed up. You know, we are tired. Hell we're yeah. Tired I'm tired. This- I'm angry. Okay. I'm tired. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, we, we've oh, seen this like, forever. Oh my Jesus. It's like how much more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in the middle of riots and protests and, and, and pandemonia and pandemics, even in the midst of all of that, they're still killing us. Yeah. They're still killing black men for absolutely no reason. Even in the midst of it all, what does that say? Like you can't even give us a time out while we talking about it and right. protesting. Like you can't, we, we get no days off, none. none. You can't just today be like, you know what? Let him go Bob. we don't need this trouble. Just one day. Because we're still black in America, (laughs) you know, and and that's how they see us. Like, oh, well, you're still black. People are getting um, approached by the cops when they have their mask on differently and with people, white people who don't have their mask on. So it's like, all right, we're still black and they're still the cops. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, And they don't care. And I'm pretty sure the audience was outraged. People are taken to the streets. And people are trying to protest peacefully or non-peacefully and just trying to get their voices heard. Right now, they have been arrested um, and charged. But, you know, hopefully they're... Well, I think a couple of them are off on bail. Bail. Yeah. Bail. So it's like, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like America has been shaken up a little bit by this and some white people are speaking out about it. Um, I'm sure there could be more, but we need to really make some changes. And that's why I liked your video. You said uh, white, white allies need black receipts because we can post a picture on social media. We can do, I saw some white friends, they post the black photo on yeah. Instagram. And that's cute and all, it's but it's cute. like, what else are you doing? We're having conversations, some of them. I've been blocked by a few, all good. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what else do you think we can do? Or what would you like to tell um, people out there who want to really get involved and really make a change? What do you want them to, to where to start? Because everyone has a platform now, everybody wants to talk about it. And to be honest, <laughs> with all the platforms I have, I'm tired of talking. Mm -hmm. I can't even lie. Like, I, what else is there left to say? So um, for me, the talking is not enough. And the town halls and the justice for all meetings um, are a little bit uh, passe to me. And so I think that what needs to happen is that companies who have supported politicians and laws um, who are in place right now need to support those, like they need to do the reverse. So if you were a lobbyist or if you supported a, a certain lobbyist or if you're a politician and a certain lobbyist is lobbying for you, you need to, like those lobbyists need to change their course of mm -hmm. what they're fighting for is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And if the NFL is supporting um, a politician that doesn't support the, the justice for all Americans, including Blacks, including Latinas, including Japanese and Asians, including, you know, if, if, they're, not, if they're not supporting and giving their money and their power to a candidate or any type of uh, justice system locally that, that does not, uh, that, that is not for inclusion mm -hmm. in America, mm -hmm. then they should stop giving them their money. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it needs to start. I think it needs to start at the corporations who own America because America is owned by corporations. Mm -hmm. And so those corporations who own America need to be corporations that don't tweet about how Black Lives Matter, but show us that Black Lives Matter through your power and your money in terms of taking it. I, I hear you giving us money and that's cool, but if we can't do anything with $250 million if your laws don't change. Right. It's, so, it's be a so it's nice. Yeah, it's nice to give black causes two hundred and fifty million dollars. But what we need is for you to go talk to your boys who are in office and tell them that if they don't change those laws and if they are not a part of those changes, that you will no longer support them. And that's the kind of black receipts that we need. It's about that's taking you standing for justice and taking a stand. The power and the money, because that's what runs America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need you to uh, um, utilize your white power and subtract your white money. Mm. <laughs> I like that soundbite right there, okay? <laughs> no, but it's real and it's true. But I, it's kind of funny and hypocritical, though, when we have, like, the NFL, the 49ers, to be exact, posting a black photo and this is the exact thing that Colin Kaepernick fought for years ago, silently protesting, kneeling the knee uh, while, the, while people are saying the national anthem. And instead, they post a photo now acting like they understand 
what's being done in America. I feel like a lot of companies are, I feel like some people treat it as a trend. Like, man, if we don't say anything right now, then people are going to look at us crazy. So let's it say something. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely a trend. And $250 million will last as long as the trend lasts. Mm-hmm. And by the time the trend is over, that money will be over and we'll be sitting around looking like, okay, well, where did the 250 go? And to what black causes and what has changed with the 200? Like, we'll be looking around. It's like your mama gave you $200 and all of a sudden you don't know where it went. Right. Because, you know, you bought some Skittles over here. Then over here you brought, you know, you bought you some Jordans. And then over here you bought you something else. And then by the time you look down, you're like, damn, I only have $5 left. But where did I spend my money? Mm-hmm. And we don't want you giving us money. And we look around three years from the day when the trend is over going, well, what did we do with the money? Where because the do? laws are the same. And they still killing black men. So what what do we do with the money? That's what I was going to say. And what happens next? Because we're fighting for George Floyd. And within these past two weeks, we're still hearing about more injustices, more killings, more lynchings now. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's, it's, It's been crazy. It's almost like we need to give black men uh, secret service uh, security. Mm -hmm. Black men need to walk around with security and, and cameras. Damn. Damn. Is to that point, no, really, um, can't be safe in their own neighborhood, can't be safe walking, driving, eating Skittles, just in a drive through, yeah, just nothing. It's um, it's very tiring, like you said, we're tired. You are a black woman in the media, you have these platforms, social media, Fox Soul, KGLH. You're speaking about it, you're on a Go Girl podcast talking about it. How do you decompress from it all? How do you take care of yourself through it all, or is it just this is our life. This is what it is. Well, I said that after this whole pandemic was over, that I would uh, take a little staycation to Cabo and decompress and cut my phone off and everything. But it's gotten to me a little sooner than that. So actually, right now I'm in a hotel. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm out. I'm out. Bye I'm in again. A hotel. Yeah. Decompressing. Um, but then. Uh, but then I get, you know, lovely people like yourself who ask me to do podcasts. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to tell her no. I like her. <laughs> oh. uh, thank you. Yeah, TK and I, we actually came on uh, <laughs> to hang out with you last uh-huh. year. And I was like, oh, man, she's dope. She's bomb. Because that's the first time I think we met. Um, but I've always heard your voice. You know, Black women in media. I'm always following other Black women in media. It ain't that many of us out here doing it. But. We're I thank growing. you. We're growing. And we're growing. We're growing. I um I do want to talk about your acting career as well. You were seen in Star. You also so you wrote and directed and produced your own one woman play, Bag Lady, years ago. I didn't direct it. Okay. Um, I did write it. You I wrote produced it. it and um starred in it um in twenty seventeen. Okay. I think it was twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. And you came out here for an acting career mm-hmm. and then you, but you did radio before as well, correct? Yeah. I've been doing radio since I was in the seventh, eighth grade. Okay. And Literally then, in Houston, yeah. Texas. Yeah. So I've been on the radio for most of my life. Mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about your play years mm-hmm. ago, but I do talk about relationships on this show and how we need to have more self-love and look in the mirror sometimes and have accountability. And I have a section of my show called Bag Late, I mean, uh, called called uh, Music Motivation, mm-hmm. where I'll take a song quote 
and I'll encourage people with it. And I used bag lady before. And so I was interested, it was interesting to see like, oh, she called her play bag lady because this is what we deal with. We want to look at other people and blame them for the issues, for our bad relationships, for toxic relationships and everything. And sometimes we're carrying that baggage from each relationship to the next relationship. And we keep pointing the finger at other people. How did the concept come about? And how did you decide, okay, well, let me look in the mirror and stop blaming everyone else for anything I dealt with in relationships. Because we're the common denominator here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> common de- denominator. Um, I think we were, my, my best friend and I were on a flight to California and we were just kind of joking about these men that we dated mm-hmm. and how foul the relationships ended up or, you know, how stupid we were for being in them in the first place. Right. So we started taking a list. You know how you with your girlfriend, you like, girl, let's make a list. So we started making a list and it was funny. Like the stories with these dudes were funny. We were like, this is crazy. But by the time we had got to number 10, <laughs> like, wait a minute now. <laughs> 12, we was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What, what the <laughs> hell is going on with us? Mm-hmm. And, and and I think our laughter turned into tears because we were like, why right. have we put ourselves through this? What made us choose these particular men? Mm-hmm. And so we just started having like a, a honest conversation about how we ended up in those situations. And I decided I would write a play. So each dude, I wrote a story for each of those dudes that we wrote down. Mm-hmm. So she would tell me her story, I'd write it down, and then I'd have my story, and I'd write it down. And so it was a collection of works, actually. It was just a collection of private journals from the both of us about these men. And I said, I think one day I'm going to make this into a play. And so that was probably in 2000. And I didn't do the play until 2014. Mm. And so how did that come about? You said, so that took about 14 years, not for you just to develop it, but was it 14 years for the idea to come into fruition? Like you thought about- I always kind of thought in the back of my mind that I would turn it into a one woman show. Mm -hmm. I just, because I had just moved to LA, I really didn't know what my journey was going to be in the city. Mm -hmm. And so it was just something that was in the back of my mind. And I think when I started realizing, oh, because when you first move to LA, I think your thought process is I need to meet this person, this person, and this person so that they can put me on. Mm -hmm. And I think I learned rather quickly that it's not about meeting this person, this person, this person to put you on. It's about you shining your own light so that people gravitate to you. When you turn on the light, the, the mosquitoes and the flies come to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. not calling people mosquitoes and flies, but no, the light it. attracts the audience. Mm-hmm. And so I started like rumbling through my head because I was very unhappy when I first got to LA. It was I was miserable. Um I went into a state of depression. I had a panic attack. Mm. And um it was very difficult for me to adjust to the city in terms of trying to find my footing and having a job, finding a place to live. Um finding my tribe, Mm -hmm. all of that was really hard. And um, I was doing a little bit of everything, trying to figure it all out. And I think um, at some point I thought, you know what, I need to start writing this play. And so I actually started to write more of those collections of stories and turn them into a play. So I started 
uh, writing and fleshing it out a little bit more uh, my first few years here. And then once I got a little name for myself, mm-hmm. I said, I think it's time to pull it out. I think it's time um, for me to talk to women now. And this was after I had done my, um, my microphone mixers, which were talent showcases that I did in LA. Mm-hmm. And um, after I was done with my talent showcases, I needed to find another journey for me. Um, and that, I think that was my next journey was to do my one woman show. And so I shut the mixers down so that I could focus more on my mm-hmm. acting. And the first thing I wanted to do was to showcase my acting abilities. What I didn't realize was that the play was not about me nor my acting abilities or my ability to get, get an acting job because that did not happen from the play. Okay. <laughs> um, the play was actually... God using the gifts that he's given me as far as writing and acting um, to heal women. And so um, I, I realized that it wasn't, the play wasn't about me. Mm. And as soon as I realized that things begin to grow with the play, mm. uh, we did it, it sold out about every time we did it, it sold out. That's awesome. we, had get, we had to get bigger venues every time we did it. So the first show we did 14 shows, they all sold out. We had to get a bigger, bigger venue. We did uh, seven shows. They all sold out. We had to get a bigger venue. We did like five shows. They all sold out. And um, somewhere in the middle, um, the AIDS healthcare foundation said, we love this story. We think other women should hear it. It definitely is a healing, um, a, a healing show. So let's take it on tour. So we went on tour with it um, to heal women. So the show, um, was a lesson for me mm-hmm. because I realized that the things that I do are not for me. They're for other people. God never does anything to edify you. He does it to edify his people mm-hmm. so that he's never just thinking of one of us. He's thinking in totality of all of us, just like if parents have two children, they're not only thinking about one child, they're right. thinking about all of their children. Right. That's how God works. So whenever you, I realize that whenever I do something, it has not only have to benefit me, I have to be able to do it in a way that will benefit the world because that's God's children. Mm -hmm. And it took me a very, very long time to get there. And it took me age to get there. And it took me hits and failures and heartaches to get there. But I do realize Mm -hmm. um, that that wasn't for me. That play bag lady wasn't for me. It was to heal women who had been wounded by failed relationships and molestation and um, physical abuse and just the insecurities of themselves and, and the self work, the the selflessness of their own worth. Right. Um, And that's what it was for. And after we toured, I was like, Oh my God, this is a movement. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, You were creating your own content pretty much to serve others and that's what we are put here for god wants us to help and serve other people so that's amazing that it was a healing experience i'm sure for you and for the women and people who watched your show yeah i think i cried every night because every night some woman would be like here's my story you know i mean like Mm -hmm. one woman actually went and faced her molester face to face wow came back and told me how it worked out i was like oh my god i I didn't, I didn't tell you to go talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Right. But Whatever you need to heal. You know what I mean? And but I'm that's super I powerful. could be the catalyst of that. That's so, yeah. super, super powerful. So that's awesome. You know, you don't know how your story can help other people. Um, I say with my Go Girl podcast, it's 
kind of started because I left a toxic, uh, emotionally abusive relationship. And then my mind was just super clear. And all these ideas came to me. Go Girl has been in my spirit for now 14 years. I finally did something with it starting last year. It became a podcast. Now I'm trying to do video interviews and the book and everything. But it's like, sometimes you have to use your story to help other people heal. That, yeah. That's what we're all here for. It's connection. And- Yeah. And I also think we have to resolve our past. We all come Mm -hmm. from a tattered past and sometimes you have to revisit it and, um, and resolve what's been in the past in order to move forward. And that's very much what bag lady is about. Um, in the beginning of the show, you see me as a little girl and you see what I go through that formulates who I have become. Right. In the end, you see me literally walk up to that same little girl Mm -hmm. and take her bags away from her and put them in one big bag and then burn them live on stage. So, um, so you see me going back to my past as a grown woman and resolving that and telling that little girl, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. This is going to turn out good for you. So it's okay to drop those bags and the, and all of those emotions and the bitterness and the anger and the, um, and, and the self, the, the self, the, the, the the insecurities Mm -hmm. that you have, it's okay to let all of that go now and burn it in the trash mm-hmm. and redevelop and come into the woman that God wants you to be and that God made you to be and that God purposed you to be. Talking to your inner child is important. A lot of people, I feel like we're now on that journey. A lot of us are in the space where we're trying to heal ourselves and we're journaling and we're talking to our inner child and trying to figure out why we are the way we are. So that's very important. And you put it in a play, but what are some tips or what's the first tip that you would give to a woman in order to heal that that wound or to get rid of that baggage I journal a lot what would you suggest I think the first thing is you have to know what it is mm-hmm. like you have to identify it yeah and I journaling is a great way to identify it you know mm-hmm. um, you can't heal something if you don't know where the hurt is or right. where it's come from right um, you know if 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 I'm having a liver problem and something wrong with my liver, I can't go working on my heart mm-hmm. or my kidney because <laughs> my mm-hmm. liver is still going to be affecting the whole body, the totality of my body. Mm-hmm. So you have to find out where the hurt is and you have to, that that's how you start healing it and you have to confront it. And I don't mean confront it as in like that woman did, like go knock yeah. on the door and be like, your, your husband molested me. And you're right. like, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that may be your way. But I'm saying whatever that confrontation is to you, um, you have to do it. Um, my confrontation was to write a play and to hear other women's stories to know yeah. that I'm not alone. Yeah. And so that's how I confronted it. But that that could mean several different things for several different people. Yeah. You know, confronting could just be forgiving yourself mm-hmm. for whatever it was that happened to you so that you can realize it was never your fault in the first place. Right. And I think that's the toughest part for a lot of people on their healing journey. It's the toughest part, um, forgiving someone else, forgiving an abuser or whoever, and then really forgiving yourself and knowing, okay, this, this wasn't my fault. This wasn't supposed to happen to me, right. or, you know, I, I did not invite this on to happen to me. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that part. And, but with forgiving ourselves, it helps us to accept ourselves and accept our experiences and embrace our past yeah. so that we can truly let it go and become better wom- women and help other women heal 
because we've learned those tools and now we want to share it with other women. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you won a couple of awards from that show. Which one was it? Acting? Um, was it writing? Um, best actress. Yes. Best one person show and best producer. No, That's no, no. Awesome. No, no, no. Best one person show, best writer and best producer. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I was, I think I was more excited about the best writer um, yeah. award. It's your work. Correct. It's your work. And are you going to do any more of your microphone mixers? Are you going to bring it back? Or you're like, girl, no, nah, right now. You know I'm what? Girl, <laughs> I know people I love, miss it. <laughs> I love my mixers. My mixers were my baby. And let me, I want to share with your viewers how my mixers came along because yes, maybe they can be encouraged by it. Yeah. So I used to do a radio show in Birmingham, Alabama, um, the morning show. I was on the morning show um, in Birmingham, Alabama. And Birmingham, Alabama was one of the best times I had in my life. Mm. The best times I had in my life. I just want to say uh, my family's from Selma, Alabama. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, we it, might it, wouldn't sound like, it wouldn't sound like any piece of Alabama would be the best time a black person right. would have. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Uh Um, given its history, its tainted historical um, context. But Birmingham, Alabama was the best time. I met some of my best friends. I I developed and grew as a radio personality in the best type of way. Mm -hmm. Um, I was making like buku's amounts of money at the age of 22. Um, I mean, it was just the best time. And when I moved to LA, I had such high expectations for myself and, and goals that I thought that I would hit pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I became very sad, depressed, and all that other stuff I told you. And when I got on the radio, I thought I would be happy again, like I was in Birmingham. Like I compared everything to Birmingham, mm-hmm. everything. And I could not get back what I had in Birmingham, no matter how hard I tried. And so my girlfriend and I sat down and we were like, okay, let's do this. What was it in and about Birmingham that made you feel good? Mm -hmm. And how can you take that and apply it to Los Angeles? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it required some sit down time. And some time for me to reflect and figure out why was I so happy in Birmingham? Mm -hmm. And what was it that made me feel so creative and so jovial? And so I actually sat down to think about it and I was like, oh my God. In Birmingham, I was able to be a radio personality and created avenues to also maintain my acting goals. Yeah. And so I hosted an event called Love Jones. Mm-hmm. Love Jones is a movie about poetry. Yes. And and Love Jones was my um poetry show that I would do on Wednesdays. I called it Love Jones Wednesdays. And I would have poets come and spit their poems. Mm. And and I loved everything about that. And then I would do um um stage productions in the Birmingham school districts. I would take, create a play and take it from school district, you know, from school to school um, for black kids. Okay. And I was like, I'm not doing that here. I haven't found my identity and that's why I'm unhappy because I've not 
I'm a part of a show, but I'm so deeply trying to be a part of somebody else's thing in terms of wanting to be on TV or wanting to be, you know, in somebody else's play. And one, I was so trying so hard to be a part of somebody else's thing right? that I had become depressed and miserable because it was just me not realizing that, but that's all you need mm-hmm. if God has given you a gift. The same thing is within you, no matter where you go. Right. Mm-hmm. I compare all my whole, I compare life to the Wizard of Oz. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the ruby red slippers. You've yeah. had them all the time. All you had to do was click them. Like you could have been gone home. Yes. Are you still here? You could have been home. Yes. But you had to go through the journey. You had to meet those three people. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a, there's a, a, at the end of the Wizard of Oz, Glenda the Good Witch tells Dorothy, all you have to do is click your heels three times. And the scarecrow said, you mean tell me she could have clicked the heel three times this whole time? Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you just tell her that? Like literally, the scarecrow literally says, well, why didn't you just tell her that from the beginning? And she says, because she wouldn't have believed me. Mm-hmm. And so many of us don't believe in ourselves that God has to take us through Ooh. everything that we go through just to see that it's always in us. The seed of itself creates, if you, you can't plant a watermelon seed and grow an orange. Mm-hmm. You can only plant a watermelon seed and grow a watermelon, an orange seed and grow an orange. So the seed of the thing is in itself. And when you believe in yourself, that's all you need. Like you can be the most untalented, the most talentless person on the face of the earth. Donald Trump is the president of the United States with zero skills. And I'm not speaking from my opinion. I'm speaking from a factual basis based on presidents of the past who have either served in the army or in the, in the military or who have Ivy league degrees or who've had some sense of social or political experience Mm -hmm. compared to the presidents of the past. His experience is zero, but his belief That man's belief system is through the roof. He is the biggest liar that believes his lies. And because of that, whatever he says happens. Mm -hmm. And so (coughs) when the the Glenda the Good Witch says, well, if I told her, she wouldn't have believed me. So she had to go through that. So for me, I had to go through all of that to realize, oh, Every time I'm trying to get somebody, get in, be in part of somebody else's clique. Yep. I'm my own clique. That's and it. So, um, so when, when I sat down to think about what those things were that made me happy in Birmingham and realized it was the things that I was doing that I enjoyed that made me happy and that gave me fulfillment and joy and, and enjoyment. And the way that other people had received it and also taken pleasure in that. And I thought, well, what would it be in LA Mm -hmm. that would create that same atmosphere? And the only thing I knew is that when I moved to LA for years, I had been going to casting, um, casting. You auditions or casting workshops. Okay. That cost $200, $150. They were pretty expensive. Right. Typically get nothing out of it. Um, I had decided that 
if I paid that much money, I was going to ask as many questions as I could. I was going to talk to as many people as I can. I was going to make the most of my money because the casting sessions themselves are garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, you act, do a scene and they'd be like, okay, thank you. And then they take your money. Right. Um, so I was like, what if I could do one for black people who don't have opportunities in, you know, to show themselves Mm -hmm. and only charge $10 not to perform, but to come in. So Mm -hmm. $10 is just the admission fee. And, and I can make the performance kind of cool by allowing them not to know whether they're going to perform that night or not. Oh, okay. I just pull their name out of a hat. Mm-hmm. And if your name comes out of the hat, you get to perform Got it. because that's what Hollywood is based on. Hollywood is based on chance. Hollywood is based on preparation and Hollywood is based on who, you know. So I would be like, if you know somebody like me or somebody else who maybe knows me and maybe I'll let y'all, mm-hmm. you know, or you can pull your hat, you know, you think your name out of a hat and bam, it's on you. You get, you get to do your thing. And we brought, John Singleton, Robert Townsend, Leah Daniels, like we brought black managers, black casting directors, black producers. We brought a collection of fantastic people um, into those mixers. And what made them fun was that after you perform, you get to drink, you get to mix and mingle with those um, those industry guests. Like they don't just come and then leave and you get to form your own, you get to form your own tribe because mm. you're meeting people who are like-minded. You're meeting people who had just arrived to LA. You're meeting people from places that you're from that you never knew. Um, you can meet a writer and the writer can meet an actor and an actor can meet a, a lighting person. So it was really a connection per- a connection place for black right. people. Right. So that's why we called it Max Minute Microphone Mixer, but you only got one minute to perform. So that's oh. why Wow. And that would be huge right now, too, with the um, monologue, Monday monologues that people have on social media. You can only post one minute on Instagram and Facebook and wherever. (laughs) So that's huge. Yeah. So that came out of me craving a certain sense of purpose and Mm -hmm. happiness. And the happiness was found within that purpose. So many people have said they've gotten jobs and and, and managers from those mixers. And a lot of people have asked me to bring them back. And what I said was I will bring my mixers back whenever I am in a movie that goes to the big screen. Okay. So I'm that, is, hold you to it. that is when, whenever I, I make my first big screen movie debut, I will bring my mixers back. I love that. We heard it here on the Go Girl podcast. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. If that's going to happen, I don't know what's going to happen. Because you spoke it. <laughs> you spoke it into existence. It's going to happen. That's when I'll bring my mixers back. The very, the weekend after opening night. The weekend after too? Mm-hmm. The weekend after opening night for my big blockbuster movie. The weekend I'm going to do my mixer. Okay. I'm excited for it. Uh, I had some friends who used to go back in the day and they would talk about it pretty often. Like, yeah, I'm going. It was like a Friday night. Going Friday, um, you know, going to the mixer and she always having the right people there. And and it's just exciting time, especially because we don't get that many opportunities. Uh, That's what we're talking about now with even what's happening in the world, systemic racism and everything. So we have to create our own opportunities. So I love that you did that and you saw a need for it because 
that's what you missed in Alabama. That's what you didn't see happening out here because those classes are very expensive. Girl, so, yeah. I was like, it's just $10 to get in. Like, yeah, you know, and I remember somebody saying, to me, like, I got into an argument with a, a artist and he was mad because he was like, nobody, you don't pay the mailman to deliver your mail. Why would you pay a perform? Why would you, why would you have to pay? Why would a performer have to pay to perform? And I was like, well, performers aren't paying to perform. They're paying to come in. Right. They're paying to view the show. They might not perform at all. Right, right, right. So he just didn't understand the concept. He was like, it's a racket and you're trying to make money. And I'm like, you don't know my heart. You don't know my soul. That's not who I am. I don't do anything to make money. Nothing. I have never, I have never been motivated by money. Mm -hmm. I'm motivated by my heart and my spirit. Exactly. And everything that spirit led will lead you to what you need anyway. You know, so don't do it for me. God gonna provide. Exactly. So just do what's in your heart, do what's in your spirit. I know a lot of people try to chase the money and a quick buck and it's like, no, chase what's in your heart. Like you said, chase what's in your spirit. God, God speaks to us all the time. Meditate, pray, journal, get close to him so that you can know what you need to do to get your coins right in this world. Okay? He will provide. Yes. <laughs> so I don't want to take all your time because I know you're trying yeah. to relax right now and trying to decompress because I get it, girl. <laughs> Same here. Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk about one last thing and we don't have to get too into it if you don't want to, but I just saw this on your Instagram. So I said, you talk about anything you want to talk about. What's she talking about? Well, hold Let's on. Let me, Whatever let me, you want. Okay. So there is one post on your Instagram that I saw recently, like a day or two ago. And it says, anybody else wish a bitch would right now? <laughs> so I want to know what you were talking about in that moment. Because that's all I, it was. I, I wanted to say anybody else wish a motherfucker would right now. That's what uh-huh. I wanted to say. But I censored myself. <laughs> For all my old school people who don't appreciate um, a nice, good, colloquial curse word. <laughs> um, at that moment, I was thinking about all of the Karens that are going around kind of why did you have your mask on? Well, why are you painting Black Lives Matter there? Well, you know, why didn't you sit to the left? I, whatever, you know, it's kind of like enough already, mm-hmm. like enough. And I saw that black lady beating up that white lady with the water hose who had beat in um, the car of the Hispanics with a hammer. Okay, I didn't hear this story. The black lady beat her up real bad. And she was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired of y'all. And I just felt that I'm tired of y'all in my soul. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't mean I'm tired of white people. She meant I'm tired. It's almost like when the bully gets you, the bully is taking your lunch money every single day. You get fed up. And finally you get fed up and you like, I'm tired. I'm fighting you back. And because this is built up in me, you about to get the biggest ass whooping you've ever received in your life. Yeah. And everybody's about to see it. And that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I wish somebody would say something to me right now because I'm ready to release this tension that mm. I had. And I would love to release it on a racist. It Ooh. would be the best way. Woo. That's what I felt at that moment. Is that in that moment? Yeah. He said on a racist. God, well, I hope no Karen has to ever encounter <laughs> Tammy Mack in and this I'm moment. Nice. Like I'm I'm pretty <laughs> healed, like, I'm pretty right? nice. I'm pretty nice. I, <laughs> it takes a lot to get me revved up. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> but it, it's like like you said, if you keep 
being abused or anything, if something keeps happening to you, you keep tolerating it. Like at right, some point, right, you right. burn the bed. Gonna, yeah, and yeah. it's like it's like a bubble, you know, or or a balloon. You keep filling it with anger and rage. It's Eventually, pop. it'll pop, and you might not like the consequences, but it is what it is. Because yeah, what did you expect to happen? Right. Yeah. Just like right now with a lot of them being upset about the looting and not in the buildings burning, but not the bodies dying. And I'm just like, do you not get it? I had someone say, oh, well, the, um, how can the retaliation be worse than the crime? Like, so you think someone dying (laughs) is not as bad as buildings burning? Are you kidding me right now, girl? So it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's kind of exhausting to try to preach often and or not even preach try to explain ourselves to racists it's exhausting to or people who just have white privilege and they just live in their bubble and they just don't understand they don't get it 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 doesn't need to be explained it's in it's in history books everywhere yeah well they don't want to they don't want to read it or understand it or know it they wrote the motherfucking oh i'm sorry they wrote the history no you good they wrote the history books right that's why the history books are so ill-informed. That's mm-hmm. why they're so um, full of lies and things that aren't factual. They wrote the history books. So in their own books that they've written, we are slaves. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you not believe what you wrote? Right. They wrote it and it's still out there. And honestly, I didn't learn a lot about our own history until I went to college and had the Black Studies college, uh, courses where we talked mm-hmm. about our history. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we went through some shit, <laughs> you know? But you don't know if they wrote it, you know? Yeah. So it, it's unfortunate. And um, But now, like you said, with the Karens, that's pretty much white people calling on black people for nothing. Um, there's now a law, the Amy Cooper law, I believe was passed somewhere where you cannot call. Yeah, New York. Mm-hmm. New York, you cannot call. call for something frivolous. For, right, exactly. Because a bird watcher told you to put your dog on your leash. leash. Yeah, because you're told what to do or told to follow the rules. So, well, I hope your day. (laughs) I kind of want you to release. (laughs) You got to wrap this up on a positive note. Don't wrap this up on a poop shit. Uh, (laughs) Give me some light, some love. Something I can go back to my bed with. I know I was and I had an arrow too like dang I should have probably said that under this part right here (laughs) like we probably shouldn't have talked about that at towards the end you know what I mean well tell people uh what you're working on I know that you are now cast uh games people play can you tell people about that no, I just did an episode of games people play did an episode of games people play okay um I don't have any acting um projects coming up in the moment but I don't want to live through I don't. I don't think anybody has any action projects coming up right now. No, we don't. <laughs> and the industry is trying to make some changes right now because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm an actress and it's been very slow. It's yeah. transition. We're trying to do self-tapes. That's why I have this light now because I'm like, that's oh, good light. light. That's good light. That's really Thank good light. Thank you. Yeah, the what light is that, a ring light? It's, yeah, it's a small little ring light from um, Best Buy, about $49.99. Yeah, and it's really little and it's great for self-tapes. It's great for this. Um, so that's why I wanted to do videos now. And I feel like the whole industry is changing and pretty much in life, you're always going to be changing or adjusting. And we just got to move with the times. Got to move. You got to move with the times. And, um, 
can we leave people with a powerful word or encouraging word on how we can become better from this time? I feel like it is a breakdown right now and we can break through and make ourselves better coming out of this pandemic. Um, right now you are decompressing. You're on a little vacay. You in a way. Well, um, I go back. I look, I'm, I'm back at work. But you have to work. Tonight. You have to work tonight. So you're not well, taking a total break. Tonight. This is a very, very short, like this is like a very short break. <laughs> so you're not taking <laughs> you a total call break. It a break at all because I'm about to go into a writing session right when I'm done with you. So. Oh, shoot. Look, you just <laughs> keep doing your thing, girl. <laughs> that's all, that's <laughs> what I got to say. Go girl to you that no matter what you're still inspiring and still encouraging people, you're still right. empowering all of us. We can hear your voice all of the time. Actually tell the people how they can hear you. Um, you can hear me every day on KJLH 102.3 in Los Angeles from 3 to 7 p.m. And you can hear me online at kjlhradio.com. And you can see me every night at 8 p.m. on Fox Soul. And they have some different programmings on a mm -hmm. daily basis. So sometimes I may be on at 9. But for the most part, I'm on at 8 p.m. on Fox Soul. And get ready for a different kind of show uh, coming up next week sometime uh on the what does that mean or do we have to wait and see well no 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 you don't have to wait and see i'm i'm going in more of a trajectory of um of like talking about what's happening and speaking to black people and our needs okay. so i'm going to be very specific about what i talk about and it's going to be less entertaining and more informative educational and inspiring so that's the direction that i'm moving the show in and it has a lot of purpose. That's awesome. And I feel like speaking to you, you do um, things based on purpose and something fulfilling rather than um, fluff at all. You know, whenever you But speak, I do like to uh, have fun. Of course. You like to toot it and boot it. <laughs> I like to toot it and boot it. Hey, toot it and, and boot it. it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm balanced. Don't get it twisted. I'm balanced. I'm balanced. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Uh, so go girl for being balanced and for doing everything, um, entertaining people and inspiring people. I admire you. I admire your work, especially woman to woman, black woman to black woman in the media. I really look up to you. So, and you dance as well. We were at the women's empowerment event. Girl, I don't be dancing. Yes, you do. Last year. And you I were rap. dancing. I rap, but I don't dance. I rap. Well, bust a rhyme then. I'm not busting no rhyme <laughs> right now. <laughs> girl, no. I can't throw a beat. I can't just. Uh, girl, no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> but that's a good beat. That's a good beat. No? Okay. <laughs> okay, Tammy Mack. Well, have an amazing evening um, with your writing session. And uh, go, girl, for everything that you're doing in the community, uh, for Black people, for women in general. Um, you continue to inspire. You continue to be great. And I thank you for all that you do. And I just want to say, go girl. And thanks for coming thank on the you, Go Girl Ash, podcast. Go girl too. Go girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you. Okay. Tammy Mack, cool as hell. Be sure to listen to her on KJLH. Watch her on Fox Soul TV. She's amazing. Oh, and follow her on social media, The Tammy Mack Show. That's T-H-E-T-A-M-M-I-M-A-C. S-H-O-W. All right. Now it is time for music motivation. motivation. Makes me want to holla. Throw up both my hands. Makes me want to holla the way they do my life. That's inner city blues. Makes me want to holla.
by Marvin Gaye. Talked about this years ago. About being a black man in America. Talked about the inner city blues. Talked about what happens in the lower class. It makes us want to holler. We are now hollering because we are still dealing with the same system. We are still dealing with the same injustices. We are still dealing with racism, police brutality. And we think because we have a Beyonce, Jay-Z and whoever else, we are making strides. And yeah, we are and we can. And we see some people out there doing it. But there are still a lot of us still dealing with the same inequality it makes us want to holler when we just go to a store and we're being followed or we are driving and we see the cops and we might get pulled over and not know what's going to happen next it makes us want to holler when we are trying to peacefully protest and then there are other people coming out there to destroy it could be a peaceful movement and then you blame it on the protesters it makes us want to holler that we're not really being promoted at work That we are still maybe the only black person in our company or in our department. It makes us want to holler when we're watching TV and we still see a token black on different TV shows and movies. It makes us want to holler. And we throw up both of our hands all the time. We throw up our hands. We're sick and tired of it. We've talked about this so much. We're tired of talking about it. We are tired of talking about it. So I urge you to really have some compassion and be more understanding right now with your black coworkers, your black friends, your the people you see on social media. Because we are tired, even on social media, of trying to explain our position, our experiences, and people leave their rude comments or people block you or unfriend you because they don't want to get it. They don't want to understand it. They don't want to see the world or try to see it from your point of view. It makes us want to holler and throw up both our hands. It makes us want to holler the way they do our life because we just want to be black and exist. We just want to be able to jog in a neighborhood. We just want to be able to drive around. We want to be able to move up in our careers. We just want to be able to be black. It makes us want to holler. And now we are getting to the point where we are tired of hollering and we want to make changes. So like Tammy Mack said, to attack power and money. Uh, I had a whole previous episode on how to be part of the change, not the trend. Because it's cute what people are doing and posting on social media, but we need to do more. Because people are still dying. Black people are still dying. At the hands of the cops there's so much that needs to be done it makes us want to holler so let's make these changes okay because now we are done hollering all right that wraps up this episode of the go girl podcast um please let me know what changes you've made or are making you can hit me up on instagram at go girl movement I got some good feedback from last week's episode and uh, I talked to people in my DMs about what they'd like to hear and show suggestions. So I have some ideas that I'm working on. 
Also, be sure to follow me on my personal entertainment page at I am Ashley Caprice. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can watch the video of my interview with Tammy Mack on youtube.com backslash Miss A Caprice or on my website with all the other podcast audio episodes on ashleycaprice.com. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. I appreciate you. And until next time, learn something. Because what? I am teachable. Go girl.